Fabulous. With your hosts, lifelong friends, Stephanie Hogan and Kevin Loftus. This is our podcast where we talk about pop culture, true crime, life, and whatever we want. Everything is alleged. We will not be accepting cease and desist at this time. Welcome back to Allegedly Fabulous. This is Kevin Loftus. It's just going to be me today. And sorry if there is noise because I am driving. I'm on my way to Echo Park to go, literally go in the lake in the fucking swan boats. Um, but the Lord called upon me and said, bitch, it's fucking Monday record a podcast and I'm actually burning with shit I need to say but and like daytime is just not my friend I set myself up so well I had the best weekend I know I always say that but like you just have to cherish the good times when they come and I really had the best weekend like met a couple newer friends on Friday night for a drink at the fountain bar at the Grove which I thought was gonna be really cheesy and kind of shit and it was expensive it was like $17 for a cocktail when like a normal nice cocktail bar should really be like 14 but like you're in the middle of the grove by the fountain so that's why it's extra and to be honest it is a vibe like I was there they were like 15 minutes late and I was five minutes late so or even 20 minutes late um they were so I'm very rarely early but like I just sat down and had my little cocktail like went ahead and ordered like so confident went ahead and ordered my cocktail on my own like the independent person that I am and just basked in the sun and like chilled and like took it all in and obviously it was on my phone but like we won't we won't mention that just for the image of it all but um look at me look how far I come anxious fucking Annie over here having a drink on my own before someone arrives and um, that's progress guys that's probably literally changed me so anyway I can't chit chat so wait should I do more of a weekend recap I should because it was so fun so then had my little drink with them my best friend Sergio came over um, and we watched bring it on and caught up and I made orange margaritas and that was so cute and fun we both fell asleep but he told me the most hilarious story that I need to tell but I don't know if I'll get to it because I have so much content to get to but we'll keep that one in the bag for sure and kind of a story like that's like good to remember if you ever feel like you're a mess like this is a story that will remind you that like nothing you've ever done is messy because this was insane and Saturday I just had a lovely morning went to the gym and then I fell asleep to be honest for the whole day and then I went to the gay men's chorus in downtown to see Ryan sing with all the other chorus people and it was actually really beautiful it was a Disney show really good and then I went out for a couple drinks and that was so fun with Denny and his friends and had a lovely Sunday got loads of work done got a nice coffee and went to a pool party after literally had the most full best weekend but it was also pretty balanced like I wasn't drink drink drinking super super heavy which was nice 
So anyway, that's my weekend recap, but okay, so the things I need to get into today are Russia, LOL. Ryan Tuberty's pay scandal at RTE, LOL. And I think that's what I'll have to focus on now because I've only got a 15 minutes left on this drive. Um, and I also want to talk about Kendall Jenner continuing to be a pick me, Megan and Harry getting called out by exec at Spotify, getting dropped by Spotify, potentially getting dropped by Netflix. And of course the fucking submersible, but <clears throat> oh shit, I nearly fucking slid into that lane because obviously my focus is down. Um, and yeah, sorry if the mic quality is not that good because like, my phone's in my little magnet stand with the mic hanging off the bottom of it and obviously this car noise, this is just a 2013 Golf. It's not like it's fucking pristine in here. But anyway, I'm trying to keep the AC low so that it's manageable. So RTE, pay scandal, Ryan Tuberty. This is becoming a really big crisis for RTE, a really big news scandal. I'm pretty invested. It's kind of one of those ones that like gets a little bit too heavy too quick to be honest. But I'm just gonna share a little bit of my perspective, a little bit of what's going on, and because I got some feedback previously, I'm gonna try and like just really high-level recap what actually happened, just so that we're all on the same playing field because we have pretty much half Americans listening, half Irish, I think. So of the 15 people, so seven and a half each. So Ryan Tuberty is a really well-known Irish broadcaster slash TV presenter. RTE is Irish, the Irish version of BBC or PBS. Although it's closer to BBC because PBS is kind of more um, peripheral, I would say, in the US. Like RTE is basically the same as ABC or NBC. And it's honestly, all I can say is like from my perspective before we get into this, RTE has a lot of haters and all the haters are coming out of the woodwork now because people love to hate on RTE and there's probably there's great reasons for people to hate on RTE I'm not going to take away from those but I just have to say as an Irish person even before I left but especially now having left like my personal perspective is that RTE is one of the best things about Ireland like I think that for a very small country with a small population with like to be honest like no reason why we should be doing as well as we are doing like they are they do an amazing job I think um, in terms of entertainment like I think there's great stuff there like they compete with any other national broadcaster or any other main channel like it's a main channel well let's get into that in a sec but and I think from a journalistic standpoint they have actually exceptional standards and exceptional um, ability to avoid major bias, which you can't really, like every organization is biased, every journalist is biased, like I do believe that, but there's levels to bias. There's like Fox News, crazy bias, there's like BBC, that's gonna be biased when it comes to like British interests like RTE I would honestly say is the most mild when it comes to bias but you're listening to an Irish person so you can take that with your own pinch of salt but in general Irish people like there's a certain class of Irish people of which RTE has a dominant it's probably dominated by and I do think like on global issues and stuff they would be very unbiased and they're very in favour of like the poor you know what I mean like they do a news story on 
poverty or like they do a news story on a war and they'd be talking about like how many people have died they wouldn't be like trying to incite hatred or anything like that which like if you're listening in Ireland this might sound like a bit off kilter or whatever but like no, I think everyone in Ireland knows that like if you look at American news look at news in most places of the world it's just so extremely biased the agenda is so strong so I think it's an incredible asset like Ireland okay I'm gonna butcher this as always anytime I try and talk about anything serious by the way I'm also like sitting here in the car with like a silver tiny like silver notebook on the fucking passenger seat with a bunch of scribbles all over it because I tried to do research for this episode because I actually had to like dig in further a little bit more and oh well but like you know when you have a notebook I've had this for years and like nothing was good enough to write it but like this is so good enough to write that okay that was a side note sorry but the historical perspective of RTE at a high level like Ireland has been around for 100 years or something sorry that's probably wrong I think a little over 100 years or a little less than 100 years we've been established as like a full-on state like obviously Ireland has been in existence for hundreds of years but as an independent nation that broke away from Britain like that is our recent history and our like recent legacy that kind of has shaped a lot of recent culture and things like that and what I believe is that RTE was established to with a set of like cultural and political objectives like and they were kind of like you know create a unified culture promote the Irish language promote like entertain the people and inform the people like things like that which again obviously there's so you can tell there is like a level of bias there but you know nothing about those values are is really negative so and like I do think they've probably been really instrumental in creating a joint a shared Irish culture and I do think everyone is represented now like a lot of what the criticism you hear now are from people who I honestly think are a bit more like think that RTE should be catering catering more for their needs and I think RTE does a pretty good job of like landing in the middle with something for everyone like I have a friend who complained that like all the TV entertainment was shit but like I believe that person was comparing it with more like you know Hollywood stuff and like stuff that's like built for the masses and is able to be more creative have more budget behind it whatever else um and I've heard literally on fucking Joe Duffy Lifeline today which is a whole other story I heard someone complaining that like Portuguese is anti-Catholic and anti-Irish do you know what I mean so there's like as homogenous as Ireland sometimes is like there is actually genuinely a wide swath of things that you kind of need to look after and I do think Orti does an amazing job of that and from a personal perspective I have loved Orti my whole life and I still do like I think they do an incredible job end to end I haven't been watching much lately but like they keep up like from like I'm obsessed with the 9 o'clock news anyone who knows me knows that like anytime I go to Ireland and I, I want to watch the 9 o'clock news it's the most like the journalism is good like you're actually going to get what's going on they like the journalism on a local level is great on a global level is great and then they do something really fucking sweet that reminds you that you're in Ireland because they shove on some little kid who like adopted a horse in Mayo and they're like 
Johnny adopted a horse. Like, Johnny, what's the horse's name? And they just present it like it's an actual serious news topic. And it's just delightful. And then, like, the weather is great and everything. And even just the... I don't... It's obviously... I associate it with such a feeling of home and peace and, like, no worries. So that's, like, my personal thing um, for the RTE news at 9 o'clock. But, like, no, it's great. Like, it has everything. Like, how many memories do we have associated with this? Like, the six... Like, the what's it called the midweek movie so cute like everything fair city i know everyone makes fun of fair city but like listen lads they're pulling off a full fucking soap and again i don't really know how much money is going into it but like they're pulling off a full soap that is on a par with any of the soaps over in Britain. Like, soaps are probably a bit of a dying art. They probably need to get some reality TV shows in there. There's a lot of things that we can say and a lot of things they can do better. There's, like, several radio stations, two TV stations minimum. I think TG Carr is part of the whole thing as well, like, the Irish language station. Like, they have a lot going on and it's all high quality. And I think the reason I'm kind of defending it a little bit is just because this crisis is getting so big. And anytime the crisis gets so big, like, it risks... We risk like overcompensating in our response to the crisis and like doing something that like like RTE's position in our society is going to be threatened forevermore, especially with just the changing media landscape that we're all in, like increased digitization, increased globalization, like you don't need to watch RTE anymore because you're just streaming on Netflix and I'm sure I'm absolutely positive their numbers are suffering and like God knows how they're going to change going forward to account for all of this. I'm sure they'll always be around in some way or another, but like I believe the more prominent they can be, the better because there are really strong journalistic and ethics standards put in place there from what I've seen evidenced, which is why this situation that has appeared is has been like quite shocking and disturbing and upsetting for people kind of myself included but basically Ryan Tuberty is the presenter of the Late Late Show sorry this is obviously for more of an American audience because I'm explaining so much about RTE but like whatever Ryan Tuberty explain, uh, it presents the Late Late Show just like honestly any late night talk show but it's like so family friendly it's been it's like one of the longest t- running TV shows in the world because it started in like the 50s or the 60s or something with like Irish icon bro- broadcasting icon Gay Byrne who was a total legend did it for decades had such a pizzazz and charm it was amazing then he was replaced by pat kenny who i feel like is like the james bond of irish broadcasters um pat kenny's hot like don't even at me on that one he is hot and he was good at it he ditched rte i think he has some bad blood about rte with rte because he's kind of sassy sometimes in his media comments and he knows exactly what's going to happen with his media comments and then or Ryan Tarbody's been doing it for the last I don't know how long 10 years, 15 years and to be honest I have never been a fan of Ryan Tarbody I think he is smug I think that he thinks that he's better than everyone I don't think he's relatable I don't think he's that good at his job anytime I express these types of feelings to anyone I think he um, uh, like people say mm, kind of better people generally don't agree they have mild opinions about him and people tend to say well he's very good on his radio show you should listen to him on his radio show which i never have done i never listen to rt radio unless except for when i was a kid and i used to like listen to 
FM in the evenings because they would play like good pop music. So that's just my opinion on it. I actually, he's always just irks me. I always, like kind of anything he say irks me. I just find him very annoying and I don't think he was ever that good at his job. Um, but he stayed around long enough that he probably got way better, became much more comfortable. When you are in anyone's lives to this extent, like you become a massive, you you start to create a massive like bond with them, like parasocial relationships. So people do really respect him, do love him. And anyway, he just announced that he was leaving the Late Late Show in like March. And I think they did like a full on like last hurrah with him. Lots of talk about who will replace him. Will it be a woman? Blah, blah, blah. And apparently he was in talks to present a new like travel show where he was going to go to Australia and like travel around and like, or, like whatever. Um, so I do think it's a very suspicious timing that this all came out right now. Like did someone internally leak it on purpose? It's a question. But so anyway, what happened was basically because RTE is a public semi-state agency or whatever you want to call it, it's a public organization funded almost entirely by the taxpayers like they do have commercial ad revenue and stuff like that but like it just doesn't bring it on in enough to support everything don't know what the ratio is don't know what the full funding amounts are but long story short um they publish everyone's all the all their expenses and they publish all the top earners pay i don't know if it's just the top everyone talks about the top 10 i don't know if they publish more than that but they certainly publish top 10 earners pay which i think is really important and when it comes to broadcasters like their money gets does get up there so it's it's all in the six figures ranging it's in like 300 200 300 400 kind of ranges is what we're looking at which is always a controversial thing so every year this comes out and it's always printed in the papers like it has to be printed in the papers like legally i think but it's also always talked about because it's very unrelatable for the average person and to be honest, it's a bit unexpected, I think. It's a bit of a shock to the average person, the average Joe Soap, who lives in Wexford and has a normal nine to five, or works in a factory, or works on a farm, or the average, like, Mary Sue in Tipperary, who, like, is a teacher, or, like, whatever. Like, it's a bit shocking that your salary could be 30 grand, and then the person that you've connected with that you feel like you have a connection, you speak with every day, you think about what he says or she says, and you just think of them as a normal person that like you probably just respect a bit more than your sister or your friend in the pub because they like the tiniest bit more well-spoken. Um, and like they always wear nice things. Like this person actually makes 400 grand, like suddenly they're not as fucking relatable and like, wait a minute, isn't this a publicly funded organization? why is this person making so much money and i think it honestly creates a really bad impression for the organization as a whole because they're always going on about how they need to raise license fees which is essentially a tax that everyone pays every irish person has to pay to own a tv to, to pay 140 euro a year or something to get access to rte and i think like you're i think you can get around it and there's like tricks and tips but like you owe this money and there's a fucking license fee inspector that comes around and like if they find out you have a TV literally by like looking in your fucking window allegedly or catching you say the wrong thing if you open the door to them they 
can fine you a serious amount. I think there could even be like prison charges, which is like, shut the fuck up, do you know what I mean? But like, I'm not saying there shouldn't be a license fee, but it's just the combination of the two things doesn't sit right with people. And then every every year, like you'll have a, another conversation where the RTE representatives are out saying like, oh, we're not well funded enough. Like we, there's so much we need to do to invest in RTE as an organization and service the country and we need more money. And it just doesn't jibe with the whole, like right now we're earning you know, several million euro over the course of several years. But basically what happened was they published all their accounts. So at least it's like, okay, it's very transparent and, you know, rank and file RTE employees are not getting paid like that at all. They're not paid poorly when you get more senior, but I would say, but like they're not paid like that. It's not competitive with what you get, of course, if you went to London or something like that, but it's probably pretty competitive what you get in the Irish media industry. Like it's a small industry. I don't know, I'm just looking as an outsider. But basically, turns out Ryan was getting paid by RTE more than was stated. The majority of these extra payments came through what was called a barter account, which basically meant that RTE, through an intermediary, exchanged some services by Ryan to a private partner. So I think in the biggest case, he was to represent the car dealer Renault and do like appearances and stuff for Renault and get an extra 75k a year but in the contract RTE guaranteed that if Renault for some reason pulled out then they would cover it and because of the pandemic did Renault did pull out now honestly and they ended up covering it and I so and I think there was other payments as well that were there that were just like went over or like and kind of weren't really explained in any kind of way because the barter account thing is at least like some kind of kind of half explanation of why that wouldn't be written in the official figures because it's sort of a separate payment but obviously it's not very transparent to be doing that it's caused a big reaction i mean first of all the barter account of it all like i'm just gonna start i love this phrase i'm gonna start using this anytime i want to buy a designer bag and i just don't want to like talk about it or think about it or acknowledge it i'm just gonna be like oh put on the barter account like it's very silly very stupid any, an Irish semi-state body with an ambitious fucking worker will find a way to pay for something that they're not supposed to be paying for. And I will just tell you that, and I'll just leave that to you there. And it's not necessarily malicious when they do something like that. There are real commercial pressures that the likes of RTE are up against that they feel they need to compete with real and perceived commercial pressures. So there's the threat that Ryan will go and move to London and take a bigger job. I don't think he would ever do that. He's obviously settled. Um, and there's a threat that, that he would go to a private station or a private radio company in Ireland. Uh, that would, I just don't think that he would realistically do that either because RTE is so prominent in Ireland, it just wouldn't be, like, it would be kind of like cashing out in the short term he could probably get a bigger paycheck and become like the biggest bigger fish in a small pond kind of thing whereas if you stay with RTE you're at the central center of the cultural conversation blah blah I just want to say my official my official like stance on the whole thing like as of now and like as I hear more people talk about it I am changing my mind a small bit or like you know adjusting but like I don't think that these top presenters should be getting paid quite as much as they're getting paid 
none of these people are going like very few of these people are going to move to London and if they do let them off and I don't think that many of them are going to go to other stations either I mean actually there's a bit of an argument for that like if they all if there was an exodus of all of them to the other stations would less people watch RTE I don't really know because I just think RTE is RTE and I just don't think it's about the presenter I think this is a case of them overvaluing Ryan as an asset and overvaluing their top broadcasters in general as an asset now there are a few RTE broadcasters that I die for and I'm obsessed with so I get it and there's many people who felt that way about Ryan, but like, RTE is made by everyone at RTE. Like, it's such an Irish thing. It's such a cultural touchstone. It's amazing. It's not made by the presenters. Or to Ryan Tarbury in particular, like, doesn't have a personality to save his fucking life. Genuinely, does not have a personality. It's Dula Peep syndrome. People are just reflecting onto him what they think or want him to be like he does not do anything he does the bare minimum he's awkward in his interviews come on like no it's not him like gay burn was magic he had pizzazz pat kenny was at least able to put his fucking foot out there like and he was good at he was like able to express himself and he was good at like being more controversial or spicy when he needed to be. A lot of people didn't like him. I don't think he represented the average Irish person, and that's fair enough. Ryan is like a it's like a crap actor. I'm so sorry. He's a crap actor. Like he's just not that good at it, and he's pretending to be this everyday Irish person, and that's not who he is. He's a South Dublin. I could say things that will get me sued. I'm not going to say them, but he's allegedly a cocaine user from South Dublin. Allegedly, okay. 15 listeners don't report me to Ryan like he's not the everyday Irish person like Brendan Gleeson would be would have been a better pick or like you know what I mean like if you actually want to appeal to the actual everyday Irish person I just think maybe not Brendan Gleeson like I'm just spitballing here just spitballing but like it's it wasn't Ryan it never should have been Ryan in my opinion obviously he did a great job he's very respected he's pretty respected like I just don't think much of him I just think I would like to see the rank and file RTE people get paid better for what they do and invest in them a bit more um, and invest in general to secure the future of RTE like I'm just not sure that it needs to be going to Ryan and like just like even the thoughts of like everything he was doing with his like agent and everything and like how they went how this was like kind of shady it just kind of it does put a bad taste in your mouth oh somebody invited me to watch their live okay i thought that was gonna be more exciting than it was it just puts a bad taste in your mouth and you know ryan came out with this statement he issued two statements on the day that this all blew up the first one was like i have no knowledge i had no knowledge that RTE was misrepresenting the monies paid to me I'm paraphrasing here if this is a matter for RTE good luck bye leave me out of it and I was like shut the fuck up Ryan actually collectively Ireland stood up and said shut the fuck up Ryan because your salary was printed publicly every year and everyone would talk about it there was no way you weren't paying attention to that there was no way that's not believable it's not believable Ryan um so you knew that your salary was being misrepresented. You 
have a good enough understanding you work on the late late you listen to everyone complaining day in day out you have even though in despite of all your best efforts because I don't think you are at all have a good handle on Irish culture that's like my biggest complaint about you but in spite of your best efforts like you knew well that this would be a very controversial situation you knew well and you knew like how many grannies Irish mams would be upset and a bit heartbroken after kind of letting you into their kitchen all their lives making you that money making you that money it's our permission that like lets you have your job like no one's permission in particular and you obviously work very hard and it's not an easy job even though I don't like you in it it's not an easy job but like no babe like that's not ethical but like we knew you weren't ethical do you know what I mean I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody am I gonna fit in this spot I don't know so anyway then he came out with another statement which was a bit more like I'm really sorry if I upset anyone again paraphrasing but it was a bit like you know still Ortiz problem but like I do get it kind of can you leave me alone now um he's not gonna be left alone he hasn't been back to present his show or to ask him to take a break apparently the board asked him to take a break um because I have so much more to say but I just arrived in Echo Park and I'm like an hour and a half late for what I was supposed to be here for. so we're gonna have to do this on the way home but um but okay, one last thought though is um, I have to say like RTE's journalistic standards are actually coming through. They're the ones reporting on all this. They've turned all their coverage to report on this and they've been pretty open about who's been allowed to have editorial decisions when it relates to the coverage of this and I think anyone who's any bit close to the situation in terms of knowing about the pay discrepancy and how it was covered up and all that is not is not allowed to be any bit close to the reporting of the situation. So, like, we all we do need to take a step back and, like, respect that for a minute. I mean, again, coming from, like, the American perspective a little bit, like, the corruption in this country, there's corruption everywhere. There's corruption at RTE, there's corruption in Irish government, there's corruption in Irish summer state bodies. But it's, it's at, to me, it's at a permissible level. Like, you, you're not going to get rid of it 100% unless you live in a utopian society where you're reading people's minds and jailing them before they do anything. You're just not. Like, let's just be honest. And you... Let's... If you're in Ireland right now, thank your lucky stars that you're not in America, like, a literal banana republic, a literal failed state, or Russia, where, like... You know what I mean? Like, there's... Ireland is the best place to be. So, okay, we're gonna have to wrap there, and I'll come back in a moment with the rest of my thoughts. Thank you so much. Okay, but yeah, I listened to... Joe Duffy's Lifeline Lifeline? Lifeline? I don't know I never listened to that before by the way I only, but like you hear people talking about it all the time, like people kind of joke about Lifeline but yeah all the haters came out against RTE, um, really brought everyone together, like all corners of the country you had but I, I think as strong as I do believe like or to East journalistic standards are like Joe Duffy is a high earner at RTE so his bias is going to be exceptionally strong and like 
he wasn't even hiding it. Like, he was very much defensive and dismissive of anyone who was, like, really strongly condemning Tuberty. Now, in fairness, like, some of these people were a little bit much and saying things that were a little bit wild, but even, like, Miriam shot him down. Like, Miriam was such a queen, whoever she was. She came on, I wasn't taking her too seriously. She was clearly well-spoken. Um, she said she was a former educator, which basically meant she was a teacher, like, which I kind of don't like it when people sound fancy, but like, she deserved it because she was class. But she basically said she didn't, she, she said his statement sounded untrue. And Joe was like, ah, no, 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 like, uh, I don't think you can be calling him a liar now, like, I don't like that. And she said, why did you call him a liar? And he was like, well, you said his statement was untrue. And she said, well, Joe, like, Ryan said that he, that this was a matter for RTE, that he had no idea, blah, blah, blah. His state, his, his figures are published every Tom, Dick and Harry knew what his figures were. He knew well what was published about him, like, so she kind of, like, shut him up and kind of made him realize. But I did notice as well, so I only listened to half the thing because it was like an hour and a half long, but I noticed that the first two people, two or three people that they had on were very, very angry, very viscerally angry, which I think matches the mood of how a lot of people are reacting to all this. They were very, very angry and Joe was like extra defensive, but like he's obviously smart enough and knows what he's doing enough that he, you know, I picked up on his defensiveness. I don't know that everyone would. He was also just like moderating. And in fairness, like you have to moderate a bit and know when to jump in and when to push back to get the most out of people and to challenge people and whatever else. So it's not 100% easy thing to do that he does. But as you went on, you had more and more people um, like softening. Like they were still criticizing, but they were softer. And then there was people coming out in favor of it. And I'm like, I don't know where they really pulled out these people who were like in favor of Ryan Tuberty. Like they were, they were kind of random and they kind of t didn't sound the best in fairness, the one, those guys. But also, yeah I think that's just part of the production of it all um like if he did have an agenda or if his him and his producers had an agenda I would say I wouldn't be surprised if he had an agenda and they were like yeah let's get on the angry people first let's have the listener feel like their voice is being heard and then we'll tone it down for the like we'll keep softening people because part of this is all like you, you need to like let people feel like they've expressed themselves and been heard and then you can move on because so like basically what I'm saying is sorry I'm a bit tired now if Joe if Joe Duffy had an agenda to like get people around to not hating on um, Ryan and everybody else so much then like that would kind of match what he did Okay, so the other thing 
that I wanted to talk about was Russia. <laughs> now, obviously, nobody comes to this podcast for chit-chat on Russia. But I have two hot takes on the situation and I want to share it. So if you're not paying attention, Russia, which has been in a war with Ukraine. Oh God, is this telling me to go the wrong way again? Oh my God, I can't do it. Jesus. Sorry, I'm like pretty much fucking lost. So I have two hot takes on Russia. Number one, so okay, so basically, if you haven't been paying attention, what happened was Russia's been in this war with Ukraine. Putin's power seems to be kind of tenuous, and more so now when you read into everything. But basically, obviously, there's the, there's the Russian army. But as well as that, uh, Russia or Putin uses a lot of mercenaries to get his will done in various places across the globe. And this really well-known mercenary group he's been using is called the Wagner Group. And it's there's kind of a lot of lore around it because the like leader of this group kind of had a rags to riches tale. I think he was a criminal, got let out, then like had like a hot dog stand company and then like maybe had like a gas station company and then was like a caterer, a private caterer and catered one of Putin's events like 20 years ago and that's where he met Putin and from there he kind of kept growing in power and influence and he ended up establishing this mercenary group which Putin ended up hiring to do a lot of his overseas like bidding basically and then when shit hit the fan in Ukraine and it didn't go as easy as Russia and everybody thought it was gonna go Putin called him in to help and it seems like apparently it's part of Russian culture to um, to like encourage infighting in the name of like competition internal competition So apparently, that's kind of what Putin was doing, but maybe went a bit too far because Wagner <laughs> Wagner had a lot of grievances. Basically, out of nowhere, was like, "Fuck this! I'm pissed off with everyone. I am gonna go like." storm the capital if I'm not heard or something like that and then he's basically started marching towards the capital with all his soldiers and they got no resistance along the way because it's only been his group that's been having success in the war against Ukraine anyway like the rest of them have not really been doing that well because like they don't think they want to fight the war um those soldiers don't seem like super duper motivated that was my really shitty recap but basically the whole point of getting involved is that he marched towards the capital and then he was apparently to a lot of this is unverified but he was allegedly 200 kilometers from the capital could have taken it could have become like the new leader of russia this is the head of wagner Pergosian, is what his name is um but he just stopped and turned back after he was offered a deal brokered by like the president of Belarus or something. 
and he literally went all the way back and like Putin had already said he was a traitor and like had like you know all as much promise to take his head if he was any bit successful Putin had allegedly like scurried off to St. Petersburg as had a lot of the other senior leadership in Russia like etc 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 like nobody was standing up to Wagner and in fact like people were like cheering them when they arrived and stuff like I don't think Russia people really care about this war or want to be in it like but basically now everyone's like oh why would he pull back like is this was it all like a conspiracy was it some sort of fake plan by Russia to like create a certain type of narrative that they want or you know was it like some big strategic move by Prigozhin and all part of his plan and I'm like guys no like he just had a temper tantrum and when shit got really real he kind of freaked out and backtracked and it's probably the worst thing he could have done because like Putin will obviously try and have him assassinated like Duh. Okay, my second hot take on Russia, though, and that's just the main thing. Is like everybody always thinks every everything is so calculated. And it's like, no. Sometimes people just aren't that smart, and like they act on emotion or they act on limited information or whatever. And I think that's what happened here. My second thing, though, is something that David McWilliams, the Irish economist, has been talking about. Talked about it in a recent podcast that I listened to and really enjoyed, and it's called concept of cathedral thinking this refers to basically all the beautiful cathedrals that you have in Europe and not just cathedrals but like bridges and big government buildings and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. like all this old really old ornate beautiful things and like city parks and things like that that now we all get to enjoy well they weren't built overnight and the people who built them hundreds of years ago or whenever they were built likely never even got to enjoy them in their generation like it took that long to build and that much havoc that those people never got to enjoy them but they understood that it was really important for future society that these things be done and there's something to be David McWilliams's whole thing was like there's really something to be said for this and it's something that we're really lacking in urban planning and architecture in general at the moment because we can't see past the immediate but like if we really want to build an amazing Ireland or whatever it is we want to build like we really need to take on that kind of thinking and forget about like what we're going to experience but like what is it that we want to leave behind like how can we do great things that are um going to make a difference for people and whatever else and I kind of like totally totally connect with this and even like living in LA there's a lot of beautiful historic buildings and historic is probably like 100 or 200 years old here but for example there's a lot of like beautiful concrete like not concrete but like brick bungalows Spanish style architecture things like that that like if you live in one of those apartments a lot of them have been restored beautifully and a lot of them haven't but like I'm in like a 1970s shitty motel style converted building and I'm just like, I know my building is not built to last like in the least, like it's already like in full on decay at the moment. Whereas like at least those bungalows, those Mediterranean bungalows, like yeah, some of them need to be fixed up, but the 
the like basics there are gorgeous and worthwhile and there's like true architectural merit to them whereas like it's not even a stylistic thing like I love like a 70s a cool 70s thing I love mid-century modern whatever but like my fucking building is basically like a fucking a three-story prefab with parking underneath like it's gonna be the first to go if there's an earthquake and there's nothing really distinct architecturally about it at all or like even not even distinct like not everything has to be distinct but like it's not necessarily very thoughtfully done now I love my apartment everyone knows that but like just think from an actor's perspective but so I was thinking about this came into my head when I was thinking about what was going on with Russia because as crazy as Putin is and I don't first of all I don't obviously ever support anyone like Putin but at the same time I think like you have to be able to like it's okay to be able to acknowledge like certain aspects of things that they have that you want to highlight and in this case like Putin has his eye on the long game and that's all I'm saying like he's I think he's working in the wrong direction but like he especially as he's gotten older and I think he's he knows he's nearing the end of his regime or something and this is what what makes him really dangerous as well is because he's becoming less careful and more um less risk averse because he doesn't really care anymore but he's been thinking a lot I think about his legacy and about Russia's history and how can he set up Russia for a better future and I think my hypothesis is that like he saw the way that Russia was sliding into like irrelevancy <clears throat> and was like oh, I kind of need to do something drastic here to make Russia like a big power again Which is like so unnecessary, like get over it babes, but he's obviously, it's obviously like his lifelong passion. And so I think that's what he's doing and I think that's what makes him like have a major, well he's obviously a psychopath, but like <clears throat> he has a big, big tolerance on behalf of all his countrymen who probably don't have the same tolerance or well they have to, they've just put up with it, but he has his eye on a certain goal and I think he's willing to let things fall the way they may in the meantime but he wants that goal to be met and I think that's extremely interesting whereas like over in America for example we're very much four years by four years like what can we get done this four years what can we get done this four years and a lot of it is like reversing what was done in the past administration if it was an opposite administration politically Wow, that was really boring. So sorry. Okay. <coughs> Quick light one. Kendall Jenner is like shitting on in the Washington Post about how she dropped her second name when she took on modeling and she doesn't really feel like a Kardashian. She feels like way more like a Jenner, but like she always wanted to do her own thing. It's like, and like she had to drop the whole nepotism thing to get where she wanted. Like, she needs to drop this narrative that's in her head. Like, save that for your private talk. You're so embarrassing. You're so embarrassing. Just stop being like that. Like, we would all stan you if you were just like, yeah. Literally, like, how lucky am I that, like, I had so much exposure to the industry and had, like, the opportunity to pursue this and, you know, had a lot of support and encouragement from my family and... Yeah, like a lot of people talk us down and they always will, but like 
it's been more of a blessing than a curse it's, you know, when it comes to professional success that's also like if she could just say that Kendall needs to remember this is like my favorite lesson ever this presentation moment told me I might have mentioned it already on this podcast what people remember about you is what, what how you made them feel not what you said not how you said it not anything you did even it's how you made them feel and her words and her actions and her energy is making people feel annoyed it's making people feel annoyed and if she said something like the script I just wrote her they would feel like just a little bit more happy about her just a little bit less like wow this girl is a raging annoying bitch we're just like ungrateful like you're so privileged that's the thing you're so privileged and like that's okay that's not your fault <clears throat> it doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue things it doesn't mean that you're not great model it doesn't even mean that you're not hardworking. it just means that you had a lot of support privilege doors opened for you whereas anybody else does not start out that way and like sure I'm sure you lost a job here and there because of your reputation I'm sure that still happens but like no babe like just get over it like you are a Kardashian Jenner and like it's a good thing because in California there's a law where if you take a meeting with one party in a divorce at any time then you can never represent the other party which makes sense because in that meeting I think somebody could have divulged information that you could then use against them if you took the other person as a client but if you're really nasty which a lot of people with money in California are they can go around and, and meet all the good lawyers so that their spouse is precluded from working with all those good lawyers. And thirdly, which uh, my own speculation of this, based on, again, just kind of reading the headline, is like he could actually be consulting with a family law attorney for many, 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 many reasons. Um, like maybe even getting an opinion on stuff that he has going on with the royal family. I don't know if this person was only a divorce specialist or what, but I'm not paying too much attention to it because I do think that there's so much going on around the couple. I don't have an opinion on whether they'll last or not or how long they'll last. Like my guess is they will last a few more years. 
but like at least while there's this much going on around them I think it's highly unlikely that they would divorce I think if anything they'll separate when the dust settles and all the noise dies down and, and they're kind of just left with each other that's when like the rubber kind of hits the road in my opinion in any relationship but the other bad news for them is Spotify literally dropped them from their 20 million dollar podcast production deal and Netflix is rumored to be doing the same dropping them from their 100 million dollar production deal of which they've allegedly already received 50 million dollars for so let's just so to recap for Netflix they made that documentary about their lives which was basically the Kardashians on Hulu and they have the Harry has the Invictus games coming up where he is the playing the Vanessa and Nick Lachey on a reality show where sports people play games and raise money or something like that so basically again like I've said before these aren't they're full-on reality stars now I mean there's nothing separating them except for the class and the title and those are things that I don't prescribe to so in my mind they're just like any other reality star except they're a lot more famous wealthy and influential but they're not any more successful at the reality shows itself because I mean you have 50 million dollars behind you and a company like Netflix behind you and those are the two most interesting things you can do I don't understand it I can pitch you 10 shows tonight that maybe none of them would be good but like there's no excuse some of them would be good but like there's no excuse you have professionals all around you and like you don't even have to be that hands-on like where's Megan's school that she's building here or there or like like can we do like Paris Hilton's BFF but for Megan like that would be funny like and it doesn't have to be funny obviously she's probably not gonna do something silly like that but because she doesn't think it's serious enough for her but like come on no excuses and same for Spotify, they produced 12 episodes of Megan's podcast, which I, I listened to maybe two episodes. It was truly the driest, driest cracker I've ever, and I don't mean cracker in the racial way, I just mean like I'm referencing the food cracker. Like, it was just so dry, like no smiles were had, no laughs were uttered, no points were made. It was just so, it was like milk toast, I guess is the word as well. Which like, I don't know, I think maybe Megan just has a weird sensibility to be honest because she doesn't seem to know what might appeal. And I'm sure there are parts of her. I do feel like I'd be good at that. I feel like if I knew her, I would know exactly what, what people would want to see. Like obviously we want the salacious drama, but like, there's parts to everyone's personality that people are interested in and intrigued by and I'm sure there's more to Megan but we haven't been able to see it and that it's like inexcusable because they literally do not even have to be that active just get it done like you have millions of dollars coming in just get it done but I also think like there's something to be said for there's so many like big deals going on at the moment where these stars whether before in front or behind of the camera whether they be directors or you know actors musicians whatever they they've had a big major success 
and then they got offered these crazy deals and it's just silly because it's like babe like they've already peaked like why are you trying to pay them so much money for something that's like not gonna do as well like it's not it's so rare i think the only time these things are worth it from a business perspective is when you have someone who has like built something in-house and they have an incredible following and an unbreakable bond with their audiences and they're planning on continuing to keep going so like if you let's say a big company bought Howard Stern or bought the Heather McDonald Juicy Scoop like that those things are big on their own they built them it's clearly their thing they'll never stop and no matter what home those places are at in terms of services their audience will always find them so but like you know and I love Paris Hilton but like you know giving Paris Hilton I think she's had like two podcasts, podcast deals right now. And it's like, there's a reason why all these big stars like just keep changing podcast deal companies. It's because they get a great deal with somebody, they get a new team and then like, oh, like it doesn't do as well as they hoped it would. And then the star doesn't want to renew, the podcasting company doesn't want to renew and the star ends up taking a break and then coming back to it again in like three months with a slightly different concept and a different company and it's like I think it's just like corporate rat race to get these big names because it doesn't literally does not ever prove itself as to being a good strategy okay well this was such a fucking heavy episode with like all the um heavy 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 tea Oh, I will not be covering the submersible, at least right now, because I saw HRH Collection did a video on it, and I think she said everything better than I could have, so I'm just going to post that clip on her Instagram. But let us know what else you'd like us to cover. Obviously, this one was a bit more heavy-webby, um, but I have some fun things planned that I think you'll hear soon. But thank you so much for listening. Have the best week. Love you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. This has been Allegedly Fabulous with Kevin Loftus and Stephanie Hogan. Please give us a rating and review. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear your take. You can follow us at Allegedly Fabulous everywhere. That's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. On Twitter, we are at Allegedly Fab. And you can get me at Kevin T. Loftus, K-E-V-I-N-T-L-O-F-T-U-S. And Stephanie is at Steph Hogan, S-T-E-P-H-H-H-O-G-A-N. Thanks, Mel, and see you next time.